Just when you thought things couldn't get any worse, they did. Embarrassment. Meet your first cousin. Humiliation. Although there wasn't a car for miles, Chet Burris put his turn indicator on and pulled over. What a dork. He hitched up his gun belt as he exited the car, grinning to beat the band as he looked down at me, lifting one brow. You okay? Although I was hunched over, I stretched my legs as if reclining on a chaise lounge. Just great, Chet. Thanks for asking. How are you? He crossed his arms, enjoying himself. Just grand, Cedar. Hunky-dory. Bert said you were here for a visit. Helping your mom out with the B&B? How's that going for you? Super! The guests are all naked as jaybirds, but let's move right along. You seem to be getting a little behind in your work. He chuckled at his own joke. My frown deepened considerably as I realized my butt was numb. He leaned in to offer me a hand, which I took in spite of my deep purple anger. Of all the people to show up... Chet Burris, the man who had, annoyingly, actually helped my mother by keeping her out of jail. Also, the star quarterback who married the head cheerleader, a living, walking, chest-thumping cliché. He was as bland as American cheese. They must have about 2.5 kids right now and a garage full of junk. I resisted the urge to ask him about his sprinkler system or his shiny badge or his bubble-headed Walmart coupon-clipping gossip of a wife. I needed out. My sweaty palm mixed with grimy road dust mingled with his freshly showered paw. I slipped out of the first tug, landing right back in my own personal butt cage. His eyes moistened with choked-back laughter. Sorry, he said. Much, much too late, biting his lip. Wiping his hands on his khaki trousers, he pulled a second time. I stood. For a split second, I was a little too close to his freshly shaven face. Our hands joined, clean to dirty. He still had those crinkly brown eyes with the long lashes. Those same searching eyes had passed right over me as he'd cruised the dark halls of Cedar High with Bonnie or Mandy or Tawny tucked under his arm. He smelled of piney aftershave and mint toothpaste. I dropped his hand as my body went into full red screaming alert as the pain hit full on. Ah! I bellowed, hopping around and grabbing my rear. Ow! Oh, this hurts so much! Chet's eyes went wide, still not alarmed. What? I don't know. Can you see something? I turned my butt toward him. Blood, he said, a little too calmly. Blood? I screeched, putting my hand on my posterior, patting the slick nylon. There was a tiny splotch of blood on my hand. I'm bleeding! The little dog sat down on his baboon rear end and glared at me, as if to say, This isn't Afghanistan. You have not been hit by an IED. By that time, fatally cool Chet had returned with a medical kit. Kneeling, he propped it open, donning a pair of surgical gloves. Besides my very low tolerance for pain, I have a morbid fear of doctors and blood. I once broke free of two nurses and ran a mile home after my hippie mom decided that the idiot orthodontist X, after many combative late-night calls, 
was in fact right about vaccinations. Take off your shorts, Chet said when I finally settled down, panting with anxiety. I'm not taking my pants off. I'd been reduced by pain and blood to a sniveling first grader. You've probably got a sliver. When I didn't react, he added, from the fence. I'm still not taking off my pants. I'm a trained EMT, Chet said. I don't care if you're a trained surgeon. I am not taking my pants off on a country road in front of you and this dog and the whole countryside. Chet looked around the empty fields. I'm not going to tell anyone. I'm pretty sure the dog won't either.